Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We've gathered together to regale you with fascinating intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Such Uh, as, point one, Rachel has a cold. I have the kind of cold that's living only in that, like, half a centimeter on the front of my face. Like, enough (laughs) to make me sneeze nonstop and have to blow my nose every 30 seconds, but beyond that, nothing. So just stand by for that. Yeah. I'm having the the Kleenexes functioning as frantic windshield wipers. (laughs) And also, the early reports are this cold is making her slap happier than usual, so. Early, well, well, you are. I I could the only cold medicine I could find was Alka Seltzer, daytime. Oh. It said non drowsy, but the last time I took Alka Seltzer was when I got up really early because I had a webinar or something and I had a horrible cold. And I took an Alka Seltzer and then I went to get in the shower hoping it hoping it would kinda like rev me through. And then it seemed like the next thing I knew Luke found me <laughs> asleep halfway on our bed with my head in a towel in my bathrobe. <laughs> Like, I, the Alka-Seltzer knocked me out harder than anything, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen, happen today. I had a real bad encounter with a um, some kind of Tylenol PM that I didn't notice was PM. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was when I was on a trip with Ben, and I was in the hotel room waiting for him to finish a meeting or something, then we had to go somewhere, and I was, like, staggering around the hotel room unable to figure out what my problem was like I was so (laughs) groggy bad and I just eventually crashed asleep on the bed and I couldn't figure out I was like Ben it's something bad it's bad (laughs) double bad then then I kind of emerged from it and then when I went to take more Tylenol Ben was the one uh... who spotted what my problem was Like there really is no explanation <laughs> for why I am so tired. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. I, do, I do not like a, a sleeping. No, it's real. A sleeping no. bed, but this was actually specifically a non-drowsy one. I'm just confer- I'm just concerned that it might drowsy me, anyways. So we might have a time today, guys, with Rachel crashing on. We us. might. It might happen. Yeah, that might so, be the way it is. Anyway, I should just say. That I did get through the Reformation banquet, and survival I did, is key. I did do the chorizo stuffed pork loin, and we were up way too late stuffing pork loin. And I oh, and I had to throw away a hundred pounds of pork loin. That happened. I had a bad time thinking I was going to have to be the one to tell Becca that she oh, had yeah. to throw away a no, hundred pounds of pork. Rachel loin. didn't need to confront me because I'd already done it. The thing was. Uh, my daughter was in the district championship volleyball game, which was down in Lewiston, which is where the Costco is. So in a wild screaming rush, because this was how it was going that week, I zoomed down to Costco, bought a hundred pounds of pork loin and a whole bunch of other stuff, threw it all into the back of the car, went to the volleyball game and then got home kind of late. And I sat there going, I really don't have storage in my fridge for all this cream and all this pork loin but I looked at the weather and it was going to be in the 30s all night it was like 30 it didn't get above 36 or something and so I was like oh well that's fine I'm going to leave it in the car no problem I had to leave early in the morning for a something I ran out still freezing cold then I go And this is the day before the banquet. I go, I teach, I do all of my teaching, and I just forgot that I had pork loin in the car. 
and cream. But the cream was less of a thing. But anyway, I mean, it was a thing, but it was less of an... It's yeah. easier to replace cream. But I just forgot that I had it in the car and I wasn't was not paying attention to the weather anymore and I came out from teaching at 1:30 and I suddenly was like, "Oh, it's balmy and I have a lot of pork in my car." And it had gotten up to like 51. And it was I, much and, too warm for too and long. And it had been sitting there since well, it had probably warmed up at like 9 in the morning and then it was 1.30, and I was like, oh, my land. And so I I knew I was just chucking all of it, and I was going to have to get back to Lewiston again to buy another 100 pounds of pork loin. But anyway, I did that because my worst fear really in the world is food poisoning. Well, the whole student body, yeah, staff, faculty, bad. and that'd board. It's one of the things you don't want to do when no. doing. no. I, I would Luke rather. And I, I had to take a food out. safety class once, and it's very. There's a lot of interesting information in a food safety class. There's a lot of stuff class. to worry about, is what it you is. You often find that people are not abiding by food safety techniques yeah. after you take a food safety <laughs> class. And the most interesting thing, I always think this is kind of shocking, that mayonnaise is totally 100% fine at room temp. Nothing for, for goes wrong like, with mayonnaise. But can you it'll turn it? into a mayonnaise eraser before it goes bad. It'll but it'll like evaporate enough. Can you open a jar and then keep it in the cupboard? Well, if you weren't dipping junk in it, then it would probably be fine. But what like makes that. mayonnaise like a potato salad is a time bomb waiting to kill people because the mayonnaise with a potato, which is mm-hmm. the starch, mm-hmm. all the food for bacteria, is present in a potato yeah. salad. Yeah. So a potato salad can go wrong quick, as can <laughs> a fresh salsa. Oh, Salsas yeah. are a well, thing that takes tomatoes, people out in right? Mexico often. <laughs> when visiting Mexico and you decide they to just... They think it's the water, but they it's assume, the salsa. But actually it's the salsa that's taken you out. And, they, and also the... Um, like a watermelon, a cut watermelon yeah. is a real hazard. But that's because you, when you cut a watermelon, you drag the bacteria from the outside of the rind through a sugary, moist flesh, hmm. which is what bacteria needs to go so, hog wild is sugar to, and moisture, like maybe a happy. You could bleach your watermelon before you cut it. Yeah, I would assume you could still get ambient. You could still pick up <laughs> ambient bacteria. Then you because, could just swipe bleach through your watermelon. Yeah, if you bleach it, actually, you could bleach off the outside of it and you'll probably have less problem. But anything, anytime something's actually, anything that's grown on the ground yeah, is a heavy hazard in that way. Well, let's be real. What's not grown on the ground, Rage? Well, fruit is usually in a tree. <laughs> I take your point. It's elevated. <laughs> I'm like, hydroponic lettuce? Is that all that's left? <laughs> the point is that the bacterias that are present in the soil is real. And you just, oh, but it, it is interesting, isn't it? It's like there's, and there's a lot of stuff that's not what at all dangerous until, like baked goods are just usually not. Like they're fine at room temp for a long yeah. time because there's not um, 
Yeah. Enough moisture, like a cookie, nothing goes wrong with well, the cookie. Well, I was pondering this in whatever passage of the Old Testament it was about you have to eat the sacrifice on the second day, but after the third day, you can't you eat it You stop it now. But yeah. I was picturing how in the desert, that's some risky, risky behavior. <laughs> I was like... I was like, that's woo day two. I bet those people had desert. some tough, tough stomach situations. Well, the fact that the human race has survived this far shows us that our immune systems. I was laughing are at that. Good. I was reading a survival thing that was like all about how to test if something is edible. You know, eat it and find it out. It was like if you're in the wilderness. <laughs> no, it actually was interesting because it's like. Some things you just, if it's milky, if it has like milky stuff, don't, you can't eat that. Don't do anything that's milky. (laughs) If it's milky, back away slowly. Don't get involved. But then I was like, if you think it might be edible, like crush it up and smell it. If it smells like there's anything too exciting happening, no, (laughs) stay away from it. Then it was like crush up a piece of it and rub it on the inside of your elbow. And if there's any reaction, do not eat it. And then it was like, if it passes the interior elbow test, try crushing up a little bit and put it on the outside of your lip. And if nothing happens after enough time, try licking it. And it, it, but it like, it keeps progressing very slowly into, uh, it was funny. What, what book is that? Is it in a John Buchan book where he's stuck on an island? food poisoned for like way too long he's like it's not ringing a bell oh there's a guy who's like stuck on an island and he keeps eating he's trying to find you know he's like starving so he's eating like shellfishes of some kind you know like whatever but then vomiting wildly because he's poisoned himself and then after some time of living this risky life (laughs) like i feel like two or three days or something he sees someone else just strolling like he realized he was actually not stuck on an island like you could actually walk there was like a place where it was shallow enough you could actually just walk off of it at low tide and then he'd been food poisoning himself for days on the island regrets regrets anyways so guys now you know if you're stuck in the wilderness just Judah do the, do the touch morning, it to your lip test. Judah was just telling me about the, you know, the survival show that some Idaho guy won. Oh, yeah. He didn't he was, watch it, I don't think. He was just recounting what The story was said. good, yeah. But it was sort of like everyone else was panicking and eating moss. We are proud them. of Idaho. <laughs> it makes you proud of your homeland when, when he, he was, like, still... He killed a wolverine, I think. With and, an axe. Oh, yeah. killed a wolverine with an axe, but he also had, like, a whole... He killed a large animal of some kind. Like, I think he had, like, a whole moose laid up in his freezer, and he was going in for, like, fish. He was very well supplied. I know. And then, but but (laughs) Judah concluded it with, but his wife is from Siberia, so. Well, actually, they met in Siberia. (laughs) Idaho gets less credit. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was funny. I like, but you know that somebody tried to poison Abraham Lincoln with a tomato? I thought it was George Washington. Oh, might have been. I thought it was, it was like a president. Is it Washington? Yeah, it might have been Washington. Because it's a nightshade. Because yeah. it is a poisonous plant. They thought that it was. And be. they thought, but then I had heard that they actually had evidence to think that tomatoes were poisonous because all their plates had lead in them. You know, like, and that oh. the acid in tomatoes 
could draw out the lead, which would mean people could get lead poisoning from. Okay, weird. Yeah. So, but however, they slipped a tomato in on him, and nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, is kind of funny. Huh? And it, when you think about it, tomatoes definitely look poisonous. Like do. we're used to them now, but like a poisonous plant with a big red, full of seeds, like <laughs> that juicy, True. slippery seed business. <laughs> like, <laughs> think if you didn't know anything Basically, about it, like a crafty old woman yeah, who's like offering you, you a red like fruit. If you met that in the wild and it was like bite into it and then suck out all these seedy juices, <laughs> you would think that's definitely going to kill me. That is not alright. <laughs> but <laughs> it still can kill you if you eat just, it in an ill-prepared salsa. I do think it's happy news that we live downstream enough in the <laughs> People have sorted it out that, for us. Because you're like, somebody was there just to learn the lessons about mushrooms, but and, and, like, there had to have been a lot of trial and error around yeah. the mushroom situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, because the, the fact that you have such a swing between varieties. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that you may eat and the ones that you may not eat. Oh, I know, but the experimentation would have been a rough time to be in on. Who wants to try this next kind of mushroom we found? <laughs> I know. No, we'll just wait and see if it froths its mouth and die, and then and we then won't there's eat that okay. One. Somebody posted a meme that made me laugh. That was like, "Have we tried exploding all food to see if it makes it better, or did we just stop with corn?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a it's John like, Gould. There is a, a lot. John Gould has such a funny short story about. His long-term concerns with the stories that Indians carried popcorn, that the warriors carried popcorn as a way to, like, have a meal, but have it be a small thing. It is, like, it is very funny. He wrote, like, in the 40s, but the thing that makes it so funny is you never really thought about that. Like, they're, like, that warriors would carry popcorn seeds, you know, kernels, so that they could eat a meal, but it was, like, you know. Sure. It was more consolidated. Yeah. And then you eat it. Sort of an MRE. Yeah, exactly. But he was like, but I just, I can't imagine a time where this is a sensible choice because (laughs) (laughs) he was like, really went on a journey trying to figure this out because he's like, so you heat up a hot rock, which is what they would all say. Like you build a fire and you put a rock in it. He's like, and then you put your popcorn on it. He's like, surely any calories that you might get from eating the popcorn, you would lose from leaping about your campfire, trying to catch a kernel in the time <laughs> and he was just like it doesn't make sense he said on the other hand we never heard tell of indians you know with a tomahawk in one hand and a popcorn popper under the other <laughs> like a whirly pop <laughs> he was like and that also does not make sense but the conclusion he came to a conclusion that that does make sense he had the information which was that it was not popcorn like we have popcorn. Okay. It was like the kind of corn situation that people make corn nuts out of. Like oh, that's it would let down. it would pop but not blow out into a huge styrofoam thing, <laughs> you know. It's like it would just oh. crack like it would basically crack the kernels, like cook and crack the kernels but not make While them we're leap on the out. subject of popcorn, I just made a lot too much of it yesterday because um <laughs> We were doing a party for my mother-in-law, who was is retiring, and so 
I was making a bunch of bourbon bacon caramel corn. And I will say that batch that I made was slip shot because I was distracted and you can't be distracted with caramel. But the principle is very sound. So you fry a bunch of bacon and then you use the grease and butter to make your caramel and add like some cayenne to it and then and some bourbon and then you just make your caramel corn and throw the bacon in with it. It's a big hit with the men, I will say. But I produced a bad grainy caramel <laughs> because I was I was wildly trying to make a lot of caramel on my way out to school and I was trying to get it done real quick like so I had heated up the butter and bacon grease then I couldn't find the brown sugar yeah so I was running around I knew I had a big thing of brown <laughs> sugar anyway located it but by that time the butter and bacon grease was I think really hot and yeah. I'm putting in like eight cups of brown sugar and so I'm just dumping it in Oh, no, that's what it was. I had used up one bag, and then I couldn't find the second. So some of the sugar, without being stirred in yet, a bunch of the sugar was, I think, getting caramel temps, while the other stuff hadn't even been percolating <gasps> into it yet. The and then I found the... Re- anyway, then I kept dropping the thermometer, like, completely plunging it into the bottom of the situation. Anyway, it that's wasn't funny. a good batch, but I'm just saying that... In principle, guys, bourbon, bacon, caramel corn is something that you should consider. So it's the, we're coming into the holidays. We like to do our, and I have to say, guys, I don't think I told you all this. A long time ago, remember when I was recommending my favorite slippers on this show? I was like, guys, I found a slipper solution. They're called glare-ups. Well, shortly after that, Jake at Cannon, who apparently hadn't listened fully to the podcast. I mean, I'm like, Jake, why are you not listening more clearly? Yeah. That's a joke. I, I just... <laughs> I don't like, expect him to no. slave over our podcast. I do. Jake should yeah, listen. Jake, listen. Jake. Jake. Tune in, Jake. <laughs> maybe it wasn't... Maybe it was Becky. Somebody sent me a screenshot of our... of. My book, I think it was Yoohoo, and it said people, customers who bought this also bought or also looked at, and it was slippers. Oh, I think it was Becky Pliego who sent it. That's it. I showed it to Jake, and he was like, what the heck is this about? And I was laughing. I was like, look, my book is paired with the slipper brand I recommended. <laughs> well, the book, Thanksgiving 101, yeah. on Amazon right now says customers who bought this also bought and it's even exile. We've paired <laughs> Becca's book with the with the cookbook that we recommend. I actually love that because I, I do feel too. Like it, Slippers, Thanksgiving cookbooks. I feel like if you read Even Exile, I think your next read ought to be Thanksgiving 101. Yeah, get involved. <laughs> it's it's true. Your next step is throw an excellent Thanksgiving for throw people. Throw a party, you guys. So since Thanksgiving is coming, I've said this before, but one tip that I love that we have done the last couple of years is just radically overshoot how much food we need. Yeah. And everybody who brings stuff, we get major excessiveness going on the food so that I buy a bunch of tinfoil pans and, and Ziplocs and every person that comes to Thanksgiving goes home with a substantial amount of leftovers. Yeah. And that is because... It, I mean, I feel that the leftovers are a good, a it's good it's part important. of the celebratory yeah. nature of the Thanksgiving. The day after Thanksgiving, it's important to eat pie for breakfast. It's, it's important, important to, to be have, able to. Yeah. Like, and, and the worst of all is the next day leftovers are good, but the 
evening of Thanksgiving. Yes. You can't not have any Thanksgiving food in your no, house. No, you like, need to have it. Yeah, because even if it wasn't at your house, you should have stuff. Right, in and the that's fridge. and that's what happens is that if you didn't, if you go to someone else's house, which in our family you're always going to be going to someone else's house because and it's all, it's always. I mean, that's fun because your day of Thanksgiving, you're not doing all the wild prep. You get to just go yes, have but, a beautiful but, dinner. Oh, but you probably but are then, making food for Thanksgiving, yes. but it's just a different. But then you go and then you leave with what yeah. you came with, which is yeah. probably not sufficient. Probably not. Uh, yeah. So no. our our approach to this is to everybody brings at least twice the amount of pie that their own family could eat. Yeah. And, and this is, we might as well, since we're talking about Thanksgiving 101. And I will also say, look at us being so on it that we're talking about Thanksgiving at the beginning of November. And not the day and after. not the day yeah. after Aren't you proud of yeah, us? Guys, yeah, guys, look. So, another thing anyway, that I do... Thanksgiving 101, you still have time to order it, you guys. And it's a great has, book. It's super basic. It's like Williams-Sonoma, but it goes through a lot of the it's classic... Williams-Sonoma. Yeah, it is. Rick Rogers, who writes a lot of cookbooks for different people, but I, I don't think it's a Williams-Sonoma book. You probably bought really? it there. Maybe. It, they probably sold it there. I thought it... Okay, never mind. It's Scratch not that. one of their brand I cookbooks, thought it I said think. somewhere on the cover, but maybe not. Either way, it's a lot of basic... Um, basic recipes but with a lot of variations so a lot of different kinds of stuffing a uh-huh. lot of different kinds of pie anyhow last year I made just stuffing that I felt that I made a note to myself to do it again like okay. where you're like hang on yeah. that was really good I should do that which was with the homemade sourdough bread I had mm, cubed mm-hmm. I, but if I make it soon which I will do I'll cube some and put it in the freezer for the stuffing That's but the smart. other thing that I do but we're just to be clear we are feeding a lot of people at Thanksgiving, so yeah. you may not feel. And then however many people we feel, we're aiming to feed them two times at least. Yeah. So we're shooting the moon a lot of turkey. on food volume. But our local grocery store, Winco, does this thing where it's a it's the season of free turkeys yeah. again. Uh-huh. Whenever you buy $100 of groceries, you get free turkey. So I put so many turkeys in my freezer because... I spent a hundred dollars at the grocery store very easily. Yeah, so yeah. I what I do is in advance of Thanksgiving, I use one of those turkeys to make a big thing of turkey stock. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Well, I've not actually, that far in advance, but like before you're actually cooking, yeah. because the stock will stay in my fridge for a little while. I've done the stock, but I did it from that cookbook where you start with a turkey neck and a bunch of other you know yeah. things. Yeah, and, yeah. But doing a turkey carcass would actually just be easier. Yeah, well, I cut the turkey. What I usually do is cook the turkey, and then I pull the meat off when it is, uh, when that part is cooked. You know, I pull the meat off and shred it for, and actually, this is a random food tip. Okay. Whenever you cook meat in advance, I have a pet peeve with meats in advance. Okay, I'm ready. Which is that they, I don't like leftover meat taste. Okay. Like, so if you, like, shred chicken breast. Oh, sure. No, if you, like, shred a chicken breast and then you put it in the fridge, it has a different flavor than it had when it was fresh. Yeah, it's drier, though. I mean, I feel like it's... Is it flavor? I feel like it's more texture. I don't know, but I feel like you can taste something that you couldn't taste before. So, however that is. But if you store it in broth, broth, it does not do that. So, if you pack it in a jar or something. So, like, if I shred a bunch of the meat off of the turkey and I pack it in something and then I ladle broth over it and and keep it that way. That's smart. So, then I have shredded turkey in the fridge in a big vat, which is Mm -hmm. actually, turns out you can do a lot of things. I feel like we make the weirdest stuff with that kind of stuff. I'm like, how about we have creamed turkey on toast? Whoa. 
you turns out you can do weird things if you have a big vat of shredded turkey yeah. and broth you're very close to a lot of i <clears throat> pulled out in my fr- my freezer yesterday or the day before or maybe it was a week ago now i can't it's all a blur but it's in my fridge and it's a big ziploc bag full of meat and a red sauce and i've got no idea it's a lot it's like a gallon of it and it's looks like shredded chicken in there but it's a tomato based something and did i the kids can't make it ha- i know i'm sure i did and i didn't label it and i've got no idea was it your freezer yeah oh i thought you were saying your fridge i put I it like, in my how fridge bad to is thaw your out. memory Becca? no i put it ah. I, yeah to thaw to find out and i'm like i don't i don't it might be like a chicken tikka i i don't yeah. know so i want to say something though because because <laughs> i know that some of you who probably don't like to cook or have not ever cooked consistently enough to find our conversation interesting right. that we're having right now. Yeah, we are. We're being boring we're for you. We're blathering but, on. But I do want to say something, which is that this is the time of year when I think mothers have, this is like, this is like your big season to shine. Like, and, and this is the season when we can do so much kindness and love towards our families that will last last them their whole life the memories yeah. of what it what it means to be part of a family what it means to love the lord and how that changes things and you yeah. know that this whole season of uh thanksgiving through christmas and new year's like this season is it is like an athletic season for a different kind of yeah. sport. It's like but you're going to be having lots of practice. You're going to be having lots of, um, you know, lots and lots of opportunities to make things no fun or lots of fun. And make it taste good, you know? And like, smell good and be good. Yep. Like, you want it to be where your kids, like, you know, you have those memories as a child. You you know what character you want to be in the formative memories of your children and your grandchildren and then you have to think about how do you become that way yeah you know how do you be someone who is so much fun about this kind of thing so I start right now I'm already I'm I'm buying Christmas gifts I um have started my I think <clears throat> my this rules. is the time for me to say bragger boaster you he broke, broke the, the toaster, toaster. Uh, I, no, I, I actually, you guys know it's our motto. When you feel behind on life, get ahead on Christmas. That's the motto. That's your motto. And it's and it's motto. effective. And I wrapped my first gift the other day because I really do believe it. I, I wish that I was able to be not so behind on life that I could get ahead on Christmas. But I feel like when I'm behind on life... That's just where I live. So, <laughs> so here's for me though. It's a real comfort, and I. But so my tip that I've always said before is like, get a, a Ziploc bag that you can put stocking stuffers in for yeah, each person. That is a good tip. Label it and put it in a bag. Put it in the top, like our box. Put it in the top of your closet or somewhere. And then every time you see some little thing on clearance or something, yeah. uh, put it in there. Another thing tip. I do is whenever I think of something that would be good for someone for Christmas, I put it in my Amazon cart. Mm-hmm. And then I always save it for later. So a lot of the time when I when I'm feeling like I need to think through 
Like, when I have a moment of, like, when I say you feel behind, get ahead on Christmas, yeah. I might just go look through my Amazon cart to remind That's myself. only a good tip when you don't have children who also are on Amazon on your same account, because <clears throat> we have a lot of you kids can... who have to order school books and everything, and they're all on our Amazon Prime together, and they'll see everything in the cart if I do it that yeah, way. Okay, no, you can't do that, but they, uh, the point, my point is simply that I find it like the more that I get my head into like and what are some of the fun surprises that we might do like I actually just put uh, laser tag in my cart as a thing to think about as a funny advent I was like that would be hilarious hilarious. like I know that if we unveiled a laser tag that that would be memorable oh yeah so there are all these things like that that is like I try to think of the season and think if we do advent stuff um just anticipating Christmas, we want that whole season to be really flavored by really God's love for us that he sent us a son. You know, like Emmanuel, God with us. Like the fact that this is really good news. Yep. We want our kids to think Christmas time is the ultimate holiday. Exactly. As far as that. And anyway, so because of that. I think of lots of stuff. And even things, guys, the one that just grates on my nerves but is a huge thing for the kids. Those hideous fuzzy socks that they sell at, like, Old oh, Navy. That I look like animals. Those. I hate them so bad. But they usually put them on some kind of, like, 90 cents a piece program. <laughs> at which time I buy everyone a pair. And, I, and so our Advent thing will be, like, a clue that's go look under your pillow and it's right. a, and it's a dumb animal Okay, I have sock. a question. All right. This is this is a to- uh, topic we haven't really threshed out on the okay. podcast. Ready? How about good ideas for gift giving for your husband? Cuz that one That's be... the one gift that I wrapped so far was okay, a gift for my husband. I I feel like um that one, there's some years where I feel like, okay, I feel really pleased about right. what I did there. And then other years where I just feel like I'm stalling out. But what are the, okay, so let's just have a little brainstorm on some good good ideas. So there. this is, is actually really quite hard because the best gifts that I give my husband are almost always too expensive to be the thing that you recommend well my husband wears a size 15 shoe and it's actually very hard turns out that's not easy peasy (laughs) and the other problem is he was hit by a car when he was 12 which partly broke his growth plate broke his whole growth plate i think in that leg so it he has one leg that's a little bit shorter so for his back problems yeah he needs to have a lift in his shoe yeah to to make it worth paying for a lift to be put on your shoe, it needs to be a shoe that will last you more than 30 to 40 minutes, which is the average lifespan of Luke's shoes. (laughs) So it's always a great gift for me to buy him a new pair of Allen Edmonds, like a really nice pair. But the thing is, is that that's actually a really expensive gift. It's not like a good, it's a mashup of gift slash need. Sure. You know, but not really. It's expensive. So what I'm saying yeah. is I don't feel, but, but the sure. one that I got him already is, was like 20 bucks and I'm quite excited to give it to him. It's yeah. one of those Mexican, it's a granite mortar and pestle, like with a four cup capacity oh, for making big. salsa. It's where you salsa make to salsa. Food poison people with. That's what we try to do at the holidays. Yeah. Poison people. But we, he was really enjoying these videos of, uh, 
some Mexican lady who is very rad. She must have a... It's very rural. It's like a Mexican uh, farm somewhere. And this lady that does like a cooking show. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really a cooking show. It must be like a grandchild or a child who just films her making something. Okay. But she's very boss. And the kitchen is very boss. It's like a really funny... It's like a little pedestal and our funky, funky stove that's right beside her. That's like... On top of a wood fire, you know, it's like okay. she has a little wood fire. Yeah. But she puts stuff on the on the gr- like on top of the. It's like a metal hot top, you yeah. know, over the fire. Yeah. She puts, like, just puts tomato and garlic and jalapenos and stuff all on it, and just and it's like they get kind of seared, but then she smashes them up in the mortar and pestle, Ooh. like on the side of it, to make this salsa sauce. And so that's why I ordered okay, that. Because so Luke has ambitions of being a funny old Mexican, Mexican lady, grandma. and yeah, mm-hmm. but it's true he does. He was he was <laughs> he was tickled, and I don't know how many people she's feeding, or what's really going on there because she pulls when she gets to the part where she needs to do something with a corn tortilla base, she taps into this wadge of. <laughs> dough like the mace of dough I'm assuming but it, it's like it's an enormous it's like she pulls off a little piece of this huge thing she has on her weird I'm like what are you doing but she she well, that's amazing yeah the translation for those whatever they are is the little chubbies she was making the little chubbies <laughs> of some kind of a, a thing where you insert something and it's a little chubby that's anyways really funny. all of so, that mortar and pestle okay so like Obviously, every husband is not going to want the same Christmas gift. But what are, like, Lammy? Lammy 2000 was a really rad fountain pen. pen that was... I just mean, like, sort of genres where people can, like, think, oh, right. You know, my husband is not into writing with fountain pens, but he... You know, like, what are some sort of categories to think in terms of... There's like, what? You must have something in mind. No, I'm not. I'm just like okay. Comfort, like socks, like wool socks is a big one. Luke loves those, and it's like those Pendleton. Actually, those Pendleton wool socks that come in in packs of three. The national parks, they're not wool. What? The national park socks from Pendleton. I don't know. How is Pendleton making things that aren't wool? I feel like that's a they betrayal do a lot of, of they do everything a lot of they cotton. stand for. They do a lot of cotton. I am very sure these are wool. They might be, but they they do. Look them up, guys. Pendleton. They're we ben, like Pendleton. Ben really really liked those socks because they were super cushy, and I had a lot of flair too. Um, I I don't know. I feel like there have been. <laughs> Did some... I tell you about that happened last year? <laughs> I ordered them. I ordered them for the three pack of Pendleton. <laughs> Yeah. I ordered them for Nate and Ben. Yeah. And then I, Luke ordered a quilt, a Pendleton quilt for me. And when that came in the box, he just didn't, um, we didn't open the box because I, I suspected it was for me and he, I just didn't open the box. So, but we forgot that we got those socks for Nate and Ben. So then we got him something else for Christmas. Then Christmas morning, I opened the box that had the two packs of those socks in it. <laughs> and I thought Luke had ordered them. 
for me because I forgot ordering them for Nate and Ben. And I was like, well, these are really great. Thanks so much. And, and he was a little surprised that they were in there. And he was like wondering like, huh, I wonder why those are in there. And they were this a little too long on my foot. Like... They were super super cozy, but they were too long for my foot. Oh, funny. And then it was quite some time I gave them to Titus. It was quite some time before we recognized that actually, no, yeah, like these. Those kind? Uh, yeah, are they not wool? No, they're not wool. Those are cotton polyester oh, my nylon. Oh, you guys, spandex. they're not wool. I've been, I've been deceived. <laughs> but they're really nice socks. They Titus loves them. The ones that we got yeah. for Ben and Nate. That, yeah. Uh, now well, Titus wears them. But, um... I feel like there have been some years where I found some really fun concert tickets in nearby town, you know, where that was kind of a fun gift uh-huh. that's just sort of different. Or, um. Because my husband likes to, he likes food related things. He likes, he likes cooking more. Well, yeah. all the years, throughout the years, I typically have given him some food related gift. Yeah. Like, a Belgian waffle maker, like yeah. a big professional mm-hmm. dangling waffle maker, or um, well, the salsa thing yeah. this year. I just although that like one, that. I mean, Ben enjoys doing stuff in the kitchen, but I don't think I he's he's not at the point at which I would buy him a waffle maker. But I'd got that in our early marriage, mm-hmm. and he and it was a phase when Luke was into he would he enjoyed making the overnight you got a fun painting for luke that's true i got him a pretty one like just with a artist locally got bought the painting that's fun oh and i also got him some um i got him a leather chair it's always good chair to kind of fun to have a dad chair it's true it's always good to put like a a bottle of scotch fills out a stocking nicely yeah, fills up a stocking most of the way, actually. <laughs> um, Luke likes moleskins. He uses those a lot. Yeah. So, like a nice pin or a moleskin or... Um, the Levenger catalog that's sometimes. That's true. Page points are a nice... Page points. Page points are nice. Those little brass, like... It's like a bookmark, bookmark. but it points to a particular but, thing. But, like, I feel like Levenger has stuff that is good yeah, for Yeah, the other stocking. one is um, saddle Saddleback leather is a hilarious christian guy who does really nice full grain leather stuff they okay. have i got luca great wallet from them but they have also really pretty he, i got him a bag one time but those are way more expensive but it yeah. is like a lifetime bag it's so, like you buy it for once you guys and then a, a leather folio like a like where you put a legal pad in it you know so oh, yeah. you have like oh yeah i've got that for them that and then like a wallet but the problem with all those is you buy them once and then you've done it you've forever. Done it, yeah. So then you're like, great. Let my, me I feel like the time that I really was pleased with myself was, it was ages ago. I was pregnant at the time and I must have been pregnant with Hero because I was pregnant at Christmas. So this is my fourth child. And we were doing a ton of work on our house. And so I bought him a table saw. And now nice. you've just gone no, into your... We're good. We're good. I'm listening. Don't drive everyone's attention to that, Anyhow, so I buy him a, a table saw, but I had to go to Home Depot, which is also in Lewiston. <coughs> buy the table saw. I think I found it on sale or something. But I couldn't... I mean, it's obviously... It's a table saw. It's in a huge box. 
So I got the guys at Home Depot to load it up for me into my car. And then I had to call some NSA guys to come help me get it out of the car because there was nothing I could do about it, you know? Yeah. So I rolled out all of the wrapping paper in this huge thing on the floor and I got the the boys to carry it in and plunk it down on top of the wrapping paper so that I could just wrap it in place. And then I pushed it against the wall in the dining room. And then I put a tablecloth on the top of it and I set a mirror over it and I put a little like (laughs) potted rosemary and he never noticed that it was a new installation in the dining room. <laughs> and for like the weeks leading up to Christmas, I was in such a sweat because I was just wondering if he was going to ever notice that we had a strange new buffet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he didn't. He just completely missed it. And so um, I then just wrapped up a little small box and put it under the tree. But it said like, go look under our new buffet. And he was just like so... Puzzled. Puzzled. He was like, what new buffet? Like, what are you talking about? And then eventually he was like, oh, that thing? And he went and lifted up the tablecloth and there was a wrapped gift beneath it. (laughs) I just felt real pleased about that one. That was a success. It was pretty good. But he was also granted, he was in the middle of finals, giving finals at NSA. He would come home very, you know, brain dead after giving all those oral finals for hours at a time. And anyhow, so, but I felt like that was a win you know? Well, I think you can win with gifts without spending that much That's money. That's the thing. That's um, what I was feeling like we need. It's easy to buy good gifts if you just if you're buy gonna all blow a huge things. I think so much of it is being excited to give. Yeah. Like the and and like Luke loves uh and actually all my kids do love when you knit something and it's like it also builds a lot of anticipation Uh in you sneaking about trying to surprise people with something it's a ton of that's a really fun thing so one thing i we do with our kids at christmas time is take them all the well not really now because they're getting too old for that but the little boys will still take to the dollar store to buy all their kids, yeah. all it their sibling sad, stuff. It was a sad day when we were too old for this expedition. Yeah, like, well, the little ones will still do it, but go buy something for everyone. And, you know, the funny thing is their big exchange of dollar store gifts was as thrilling oh, as yeah. whatever totally. thing we did, which was never, like, which is really funny that you're like, yeah. something that might have been more thoughtful uh-huh. was not as precious as something that someone was just really stoked to bless you with, you know? But I think the big thing about the holidays, what I was trying to say is there's so much complaining about how much is demanded of mothers, Mm -hmm. but it is like it's it's sports season. Like this is the season where mothers should be training and having games and being selected for the all-star events (laughs) and going like it is an intense time but it is so profitable for your family to have it be joyful i feel like it is expensive but it doesn't have to only be financially expensive it it will be expensive with your time and your energy and your focus and your love and your love and the thing is is your your actual financial resources will be wildly different from I have to situation say, to situation. No, it's like this: your your financial resources, or like your house size, or your whatever, is the canvas that God gave you to paint this tribute exactly. painting on. But all of us have one, yep. and we have the. Everybody has a constraint, and yep. everybody has 
a and it is not true that the bigger the canvas the better the painting is not, not true no, it isn't. and so you think the the point is God's given me this. How can I best glorify him and bless my family and everything I do within the constraints God has also given yeah. me? And there's a lot for everyone to do, no matter yeah. how, no matter how you small. You might be making your own gifts. You might be shopping at thrift stores. You might be, you know, all kinds of lavish in what you're able to order up with And I would say that whatever your budget, whatever your constraints, one thing that I love is actually like as a mother, really pray about like, God, help me to bless these people. Help me. And I feel like, like I want to glorify you by blessing my family with this celebration. And, and in that God is so, and then you find something on clearance and it feels like, of course, it's like this whole celebration of, of. God loves you loving your children. Yeah. You know, God loves you trying to, to honor him by making this a joyful time. And and there's a lot of stuff like, you know, you can't go, say you can't afford to go buy, you know, a bunch of beautiful decorations. But there are tons of very cheerful, fun, joyful things you can do for about 20 cents. Well, that's like read... Edith Schaefer at that point. Yeah. And I think you know? she does actually talk about you oh, a cardboard box for your side table. Yeah. 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 Doing it. And one time I did a, for a, for one of the things that we did, I bought colored tissue paper, like a big pack of all different colors mm-hmm. of tissue paper and wadded it up into balls over yarn. Like, and it made a long garland of like oh, yeah. bright colored balls of tissue paper Mm -hmm. which is surprisingly festive oh i'm sure like really has the feeling of wow we're partying now (laughs) (laughs) here we are with our colored tissue paper but i also think teaching your kids to be generous as well as you being generous on their behalf because of your father is so generous that we reflect him yeah so Anyhow, it's like, don't let your kids grow up to be miserly about well, things. Well, you know, there's even some well-known be Christmas stories about those characters. It's like, be open-handed one, and one teach thing, them to be open-handed. One thing I did with my kids one time in Advent that was quite fun and random. I just bought some balloons and, and I think we used printer paper. We made on a cake, card on a piece of cardboard, we made a paper mache snowman through multiple days with balloons underneath it. You know, like we coated, we made like a large paper mache snowman (laughs) and it was very thrilling for them. And the total cost is like some paper, yeah, some flour and three balloons. And yet the thrill was large. And I feel like they were all like, you're saving that forever. Aren't you? I'm like, no, No. this was just a this year treat. (laughs) We're going to let this snowman go. We're going (laughs) to, set him free <laughs> uh, and but there are so many things you can do that are really delightful like I think I think the thing that that if you had a happy childhood I think these things are easier to think of yeah because you remember things in it's a genre of love yeah that you have some precedent yeah. Right. So like I can remember things like when my, when my mom, uh, that on Eastry, which was a tiny house in the, at the end of the hall in the closet for some reason, mom one day put a little, 
like, I don't know, like a little pillow and a little table and a lamp in there for me. Under the bottom shelf. Under I the bottom that. shelf in the cupboard, in yeah. the closet. And boy, was that living. Uh, hit. Get in there. And it was just Rachel's spot. We weren't and really it, allowed it, Well, you might have just been too big. We might but have. I would get in there you laid to do to who it, knows was, what. Because yeah. I don't think it was really much to do. But it was the thrill of getting in a little spot that was oh, yeah. a spot that totally. was for you. You know, Even if it was like just... I mean, if your family got really thrilled by a food sometime or other, make that. I Remember yeah. that time we got blown away when we were small by a double crust pizza? And then we... Becca, we, it was a feature at Pizza Hut. <laughs> and it was called the Priazzo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we were dying reason, to we make were it like, at home. A Priazzo. <laughs> We thought it was so amazing, but I remember really letting us try to make it at home, and that was like such a fun day. Yeah, we were like, Make a amazing chefs of the Priazzo (laughs) pizza, (laughs) and those are the things though that like. But I was thinking about trying to meet people in little joyful places, like little small places. I think I've said on here before, I did that once with the in the sugar bowl that we just made gumdrop snowmen and trees and stuff on uh like popsicle sticks no yeah. not popsicle lollipop sticks oh, like a, okay. or like a shish kebab skewer yeah where you can stack like green gumdrops to look like a little tree or you can yeah. make a little top hat on a snowman and yeah. stick little pieces of licorice and whatever and then you stick them on skewers and stab them in the sugar bowl and they look yeah. like it's like a winter wonderland scene in the oh, sugar yeah. bowl and you know what that's not expensive and it's no. not co- it's easy and it it gives disproportionate sized thrills to the little to the people little in people. your house exactly like it is like worth a lot more and than people, what you did big people there's no doubt it gets spendier okay do you but you know you know the thing about when you're um when you are just getting boring when you have a kid Usually, you just are too used to the world, and then you have a kid, and then all of a sudden you're shocked again about dogs. Yeah, or you're shocked like, to remember that people's teeth fall out. You're right. like, wait, you're like, forgot about crazy. that. <laughs> but I remember it being like, you have a baby, and all of a sudden they're they're like pointing out every squirrel on a telephone wire. And yeah, you're like you know what that actually is really surprising. Like now that you say it, I'm yep. surprised also. <laughs> like you're like because yeah. all of a sudden your eyes are. You're like, here comes a dog. Yeah. You know, it's you're just in a different world. But what I was going to say is loving on little people with things like that is not just good for the little people. It is really healthy for the grown-ups to rejoice in and celebrate little things that are not significant. And I think that the Christian temptation, and maybe we're going to run over time never having gotten to a real substantive discussion here. Not really, no. But... The thing that I want to say is I think the temptation for Christians who see the world in all of its lost horror is to think that doing things like sugar, you know, gumdrop snowmen is unchristian. It's like fiddling because, while Rome Because burns. you're like, don't you know about the massacre of abortion? You know, like, yeah. don't you know that our country is... Yep. And, and, and they become actually disciples of the horror of sin. 
rather yeah. than disciples of the gospel joy that is Christ. That is the answer to it. Yes, like, and so instead of, they're always wanting to just talk about the evil, yeah. instead of celebrating the gifts that we have in Christ. And I think the problem is, you know, there are the people who are like, how can you... How can you justify talking about stockings when there are people starving elsewhere or when they're, you know, and, and the the reality is how can you justify only talking about sin and despair when you have Jesus? Like the, the thing is, when we're supposed to be actually a city on a hill that everyone notices and that everyone thinks, man, they're having a better time. Not like, look, that's where the shrill person in the neighborhood lives who won't stop casting our sins in our face. <laughs> that's not what we're looking to be. No. And especially mothers who have little children at home, the whole goal is to be growing up people who are so fed by the gospel, so fed by joy, that that you're spreading light, not yeah. spreading fear of the darkness or anger right. or, exactly. you know, whatever. So I think... It's time, ladies. We are in the preseason warm-ups. Yep, yep. We, we are gotta, in. It is time for us to done. shake off the sluggishness yep. of whatever season we're coming out of and get ready to really live at a higher get level Get on right the, the pump-up music, people. Yeah, and, and really start looking for things that are not expensive but are fun, like... Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, this is a time of year where if I pass by a snow-shaped... A snowflake shaped noodle. I'd be like, grab that. We gotta, we gotta start stocking up for the party season. Like we're gonna need that. You know, uh-huh. it's like uh-huh. it's time to start building up your and I think arsenal a of way ideas of roping your children in so that they become participants in this and not just little greedy recipients. Of yeah, that. and because they're participant, part of the thing is that your job here. I was just talking with some friends this morning about going on a long car drive with kids in the car. And I was saying, it's not actually your job to entertain them the whole time. It's your job to bring them with you in fellowship and have them grow through grow through things that are not always easy yeah. to be a pleasant person. And I was yeah. like, sometimes the job is... We're going to teach you how to be the kind of person who remarks on the birds and remark yep. and looks out the window and is you know yep. like, but it's not a mother's job to make everything crazy entertaining. Like you're not right. putting on a show. Right. You're bringing people in fellowship yep. on a yep. joyful journey, which is very different than I'm obligated to make everyone happy because with my work. Because that's just going to build resentment every direction. It will build their resentment because that's not fun. And it will build your resentment because they're not having fun that you're trying and to make them have fun. it will build their resentment because you're never going to be good enough for a bunch of connoisseurs of other people serving them all the time. And I have to say that as a mother of little kids, you're in a unique position, which is you do need to be doing fun things for them and delightful things for them. And you also need to be ready to discipline them for not being fun people. Yeah. Like not, and not just get your own self out of whack about it, but we need to be able to be like, yeah, totally. You know how we handle it when people are doing fun things for us? Not this way. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You're, you know what? Your toot is telling me right now is that you need more practice being grateful. <laughs> uh, 
Yep. Anyways, I'm getting excited for the holiday season. Yep. I'm getting, I'm feeling that pregame jitters. Yep. Getting starting to, starting to, like, woo! Start to peruse those stuffing recipes, you guys. I always oh, have to oh. do cornbread stuffing because of Grandma Greenside's. Yeah. I feel, Did you I know feel that like Grandma Greenside's, I called her to get her cornbread stuffing recipe one she time and she had, had no clue. She no. produced something that had pimentos in it and I was like, <laughs> that wasn't it. <laughs> I don't think she had a recipe. No, I but I made, it. so I always like the cornbread stuffing, but I made, when I made the sourdough one last year, I used those, those, um, sour cherries that dried oh, sour cherries from yeah. Costco. And yeah. I don't remember if I put a nut in it, but the turkey broth and then that mixed fresh herbs, the, um, that they sell all around Thanksgiving. They sell the like poultry mm-hmm. herbs all together. Yeah. And I used yeah. those and it was actually quite well, good. Sausage. Also, I did sausage Coming back to the Thanksgiving 101, it's worth it just for the gravy recipe because it makes a boatload really of gravy. Really good gravy. And that's and the it's thing like you need. eight cups or You need something. to make multiple gravies and put gravy out. We do it in pitchers. Yeah. We always have yeah. gravy in pitchers. You want a jug. You don't want Forget a little... a gravy boat. No. No. You just want a big pitcher full of gravy. And that, that cookbook has an amazing gravy recipe. It is really good. And it's, yeah. it just is reliable. So guys, it's, we blabbed a lot, but I hope you're inspired for yeah. the holidays. Let's get our game faces let's, on. Let's do it. Team, go fight All win. Right. Bye. Next time.